Welcome to the With Clarity and Purpose podcast with your host, Janet Borrego. Each week, I bring you an inspiring person or message to empower you to live life on your terms so you can be who you want to be, do what you are meant to do, and have the life you deserve to have. We will provide you with practical and cutting-edge approaches to continue getting clarity and direction on your path, mastering your mindset, and gaining confidence to tap into your inner wisdom so you can live on purpose. Welcome to another episode of With Clarity and Purpose, and I am beyond excited today because I have two special guests. This is the first time we are bringing two guests at the same time, but these women are a powerhouse. They are Andrea Alexander and Carrie Mushaw from Embodied Coaching. They are anxiety coaches and co-hosts of the podcast, Your Word is Your Wand, which I love. How are you doing, Andrea and Carrie? <laughs> I'm awesome. Thank you, Janet. I'm so excited to have you here because I really resonate with your content and I know our audiences will too. I mean, just the fact that you're anxiety coaches, I think everyone <laughs> nowadays, I mean, we know what anxiety and stress are about. So I cannot wait to hear one about your journey, but also about your daily routine, the techniques that you use. That's what we are here for, to add value to our audiences. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Now, one of the original purposes of the With Clarity and Purpose podcast was really to highlight stories of people who have had unconventional paths in the area of career, who have gained clarity through experimentation and also are operating in their purpose, in their potential. And honestly, when I look at both of you and I read both of your stories in the website, you guys are inspirational, but also aspirational, which is the next stage because you have gained clarity and you're embodying, which is about embodied coaching is embodying your purpose in this world. So I want to start by hearing your stories. Who would like to start first? I'll give you the option. <laughs> I'll go first. Okay, cool. Carrie, I love it. So when you said clarity, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. This was my very first movement was clarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I owned a yoga studio for nine years. And when I first went to a retreat for pure speech, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I just knew that I had been to a one-day event. Something was different. And I said, I really require clarity on what I'm supposed to do next. Wow. Because I could hear that it was time for me to shift from the studio. And yet there was so much fear in me about what that would look like. Like what's going to happen if I'm not doing the studio? This is what I've been doing. All I know is yoga meditation. That's what I believe. And I remember going to retreat. This is so funny. And I sat there, I signed up for this retreat and I was like, I'm just going to go and go. And I had so many signs, you know, when I look at my clock and say 333, 222, anytime I was thinking about what should I do, all of a sudden, I'd have all these symbols. So I was like, okay, I'm going. I remember sitting in a circle in the very beginning and thinking, okay, I'm here for clarity, here for clarity, here for clarity, here for clarity. And 
I remember she went around the circle and asked people and she would coach them and they would have these great moments. I was like, yes, baby, my turn. They get to me and she goes, okay, Carrie, what do you choose to put on the altar? And I'm like, I'm yet to know where I'm going. I want to know what's happening next. She says, thank you. And she moves to the next person. I was like, what is happening here? Like everybody else is getting clarity. And I'm like, but she knew that I was on a mission. And we know that when we were on a mission and we just, just want clarity, just want clarity, then you're, you're not going to get it. And so my coach could read me and she was like, she knew that if I just stayed, I would get my clarity. But if me trying to force it, she wasn't going to participate in that. So she just moved. But at the time, I didn't know what she was doing. I was so mad. I kept going. And by the time we had gotten to like the last, the, like we had gotten to like, I don't know, day four or five, I was like, well, this retreat clearly is not for me. And I was like, I'll just do something else to get my clarity. Choose to know what that's going to be. And then we did body electronics on the table. And that's a modality where we all hold space and acupressure points on one another. And you have all these memories come up. And I had memories play like a movie. And it gave me all this clarity on what I had believed in life. And it was all the clarity of taking on my mother's fears. So all this fear that I had at the moment that, what am I going to do? That was actually what my mother had taught me. And so my coach actually said to me, because all I was talking about on the table was how my mama felt and every memory, how my mama felt. And she was like, are you going to feel your feelings? Like, are you here for you? And I was like, and I walked completely new from that. I knew instantaneously that all of the signs to sell my studio were there and to move on and yet to know what I was going to do. When I completed that retreat, I signed up to be a coach the next week and went back for training to be a coach. And here I am. So massive clarity. But what I learned was if you're going to try and force the clarity, like I got to know, I got to know, you will miss it because you're fogging it. It's a contraction and nothing flows in a contraction. We all know that. So it's for me to be able to just be and go through the process, whatever that process is. And you may not even know what that is. And yet I had so much clarity and I believed I was going to close the doors to my studio. I decided to say that I was going to sell it. Five people showed up and I had people asking all about it, sold it, made great return for my family and was a great start for my coaching business. So that's a beautiful story. And there are so many concepts you illustrate just with your story. I mean, I love when you talk about waiting for your coach to tell you what your clarity was about, because so many times we want other people to tell us what to do. And since childhood, we get programmed to be told what to do. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And I love that your coach was so wise that she knew that at a point you were going to get those answers for yourself, which you did. That's such a beautiful thing. And the other one is blaming, right? Like, oh, this retreat is not for me. Like, forget about it, right? Again, so many times we fall in the trap of being the victim, but really like you did, if we take responsibility for that change, the answers will show up. That's a beautiful story, Carrie. I love that. So cool. What about you, Andra? Awesome question. And this is completely apropos. So my experience stepping into this was for me to find my purpose. And so I initially, I went to a class called Sacred Body Language Translation. And I had this experience being in this room with these women and they were talking about consciousness and 
our words create our reality and our bodies speak to us. And I was like, what? My body talks to me. And I had the experience of they called on a volunteer and I raised my hand first and she asked me what hurt. And I said, my thumb. And she said, how long? And I said, since college. And she said, repeat after me. She says, I willingly let go. And so I did. And she says, say it again. I willingly let go. And I felt this shift in my body that I had yet to ever be able to explain or unaware of in the past. And the pain in my thumb completely dissipated. Wow. In an instant. And I didn't know what this was. All I knew is that there was something in this for me. And so I began to look at the book. I got the book. I got the videos. I read everything. And I took myself as far as I possibly could. And then I hired a coach. And I have the experience of repressed sexual trauma as a child that I finally gave to myself in my late 40s. And believing all along lots of therapy, lots of therapy, lots of different types of things, believing if I knew what happened to me, that I could fix it. And after I remembered, my experience was massive upheaval in the way that I felt. I had felt like I was having 10 to 15 panic attacks a day. And so when I began to do this work and jump in, and I did, when I did my first retreat, I had the experience of being supported in My first experience in body electronics, same as Carrie, my experience was feeling so supported. There was so much love available for me beyond my knowing to have eight women stay with me on a table and hold points for two and a half hours while I rebirthed love in me was amazing. And because of my childhood, we all desired to forgive or let go. And when I discovered my purpose, my reason in the experience that I created as a child, no matter how yucky, is when I began to be able to let go and begin to walk into self-love and forgiveness. And so this experience and then stepping into consciousness has put me on mission and purpose in life. And what I've discovered is I am here to be with women and men who have yet to be able to say or yet to be able to remember what happened to them. And I am the evidence of what we can do in ourselves when we will love the experiences and find the reason that we're here. And so all of this seemingly yucky has put me on mission and purpose so that I can support, I can support me, I can support life and I can support others. And it's glorious. That's beautiful, Andrea. Thank you so much for sharing. I read in your bio also that you spent 20 years in hospitality before becoming a coach. I mean, I think that's amazing. And I identify with that because, again, I studied engineering, but now I'm a coach. So there was a journey of gaining clarity and just experimenting, which is a lot of the clarity, too. How was that for you? I mean, letting go of that past identity and welcoming this new, beautiful identity for you. That's awesome. I loved cooking. 
when I went to college, art and cooking were the two things that I felt like I was good at. And the possibility of a cooking career had never entered my mind at that stage. And so I really loved what I was doing. And I worked in corporate America. I worked in kitchens and I worked in sales also and culinary education. And I remember it was during COVID that I was having a discussion with my boss. And he's like, you can't quit. This is a pandemic. And I, I said... I have 401k, (laughs) which was something completely different for me to say. I grew up believing we we don't touch this. We don't do this. We stay with the company that provides us support. And so that was something for me to explore. And because Carrie and I are language coaches, when something new comes out of our mouth, there's something in that for us to hear. And so I began to look at the possibility of what does this look like? And I thought, this is doable and possible. And so I got busy doing the things that I required doing so that I could make that transition. And yes, frightening to go from what I knew and could count on and was reliable to step into completely supporting and caring for me and myself, doing what I love felt so exciting and scary at the same time. And when I was doing all of this because of the listening of my parents and their beliefs, I stayed in sacred silence with myself. Wow. I, wow. I did all of this, created all the plans and did all those things. And then after I gave my notice to my boss, who was so enthusiastic for me, then I shared with my parents and they are just delighted at the things that Carrie and I are doing and hearing about how much I love what I do and what my people are doing and I'm seeing all my stuff in them. So it was scary. And I really made a conscious choice to walk by faith and follow my heart and give me what I choose. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing, Andrea. I just love these stories of reinventing yourself, Carrie, you with your yoga studio. Andrea, you, I mean, right, like going from the 20 years of hospitality to becoming a coach. Why anxiety coaches? Why did you both decide to focus on that area? Carrie, go ahead. My big movement was I had what the world calls epilepsy. I had seizures for 32 years. And my big movement after I actually got off the table of my first retreat was my movement and being able to stay and love how I felt. And the act of fear that I took on my mother's fear and then my mother taught me to go straight to fear, believing I couldn't handle how I felt, my body actually produced seizures as a way to leave. Because then I could check out 24 hours of recovery, sleep all day, and yet every day I woke up in the fear if it was going to happen again. So for me, there was this massive movement from fear and being able to stay and love how I felt And after a year of doing that, I'm now three years seizure and medication free. And so I have transformed my pattern that fear, anxiety is fear and overthinking because I would think about it. What about this? And even when I was going to move to the studio, what about this? What about this? What if I do this? What if I do this? What if I do that? People often say, well, I don't really have anxiety. And yet it's all the thoughts that fill our heads. And that's what my mother had taught me. And so in that this movement is, does everybody have seizures because they have anxiety? No, this is my experience. And so what Andrea and I were able to land in was that anxiety is the fear that consumed me. And so 
who better to coach people on anxiety than somebody that's moved from 32 years of seizures? I mean, after that retreat, I used to nap for two hours a day for 32 years. That's a lot of hours. And after that retreat, all of a sudden, I didn't require the nap anymore. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was like, that's so much energy in here. And I actually believed that maybe it was going to dissipate, that it was just an energy high that stayed with me. And that's when I knew it was a permanent transformation. And I was yet to know that in a year, I would move through that. But that, I believe that qualifies me as an expert because I have walked in it, lived in it, and I'm aware that there is a bigger meaning to why we are having fear than just what we know. Because if you would have told me, you took on your mother's fears, I'd have been like, yeah, okay. Okay, quacky. I wouldn't. And I discovered it myself. Yeah. this work. I love that. And it is so true. What people don't realize is most of our beliefs are formed from age zero to seven. And if you believe in generational baggage and past lives, that plays a big role also in your life. So I love that you pointed that out because you're right. We are not aware of most of the things we execute and we think in the background, right? So I appreciate that story. That's awesome. And May I add so to so all anxiety is fear of the future. So the way that what happens is that we have an experience that creates some kind of feeling of fear in our bodies that gets stored and there's two hemispheres in the amygdala. There's a left and right. And so all fear gets stored in the amygdala. The amygdala is what exacerbates or excites the ego portion of our brain. The ego portion of our brain is sole responsibility is to keep us safe. And it's a perceived sense of safeness. And we've had the experience at some point where we were worrying and what we worried about had yet to come true. So there's a dopamine reward in that. And so what we worrying is the unconscious belief that we will make us okay. And yet the worry over worry sends us down the rabbit hole and we continue to worry and worry and worry. And actually a massive detriment to our emotional and our physical body. And so anyone who is overthinking, what if, what if, what if, is, is thinking based on anxiety experiences that are stored in their body from the past and whether they belong to them or to the ancestral DNA, the subconscious, the collective of men, women, and generational it's in there. And so what we're remembering is that we get to question every thought that we have. Is it true? Is it true? Is it true? I love that you share that, Andrea. And I always share with my clients, anxiety is a sign from your body and mind that you're focusing on what you don't want, which is exactly what you said of these what-if scenarios just projected into the future. I think People need this so much. And I'm just so grateful that you both are focusing this because you have gone through the journey yourself, like you said, Carrie and Andrea. So you're definitely the experts on this topic. You two talk a lot about body electronics. Like, tell me more about it. I want to know about this. I have never heard of it. So I'm just super curious. Oh, it's so magical. Oh, magic. When Andrea is speaking, so when we're on a retreat, we're on a massage table. And we have women's circle and each woman takes their thumb and places it in an acupressure point. And we find the points that align to their movement. 
So we'll have one if they're yet to engage will or if they've left joy behind. We'll be on a point of enthusiasm. And and they just lay there and you breathe. And as the person on the table is breathing, you know, free breath, all of a sudden in their mind, memories start playing like a movie. And it is exactly like a movie. It goes one to the other. And the person on the table narrates what they are witnessing. And so for me, my first memory that I had was I was like three or four and I was riding my bike down my driveway and I fell off my bike and I brushed myself off and I realized I was okay. And then my mother came screaming out of the house. It's okay. It's okay. Mommy's here. Mommy's here. Mommy's here. Now, would I have pegged that memory? No, this is the first time I remembered that, but I shared what I saw. And then I just moved to the next, and then it just slid to the next memory. I was in the hospital. My mom was round in the corner and she was screaming, mama's here, mama's here. And I was giving birth to my first child. And then I shared that memory. And then it played to a next one. So they share each memory that comes up. And what happens is there's a theme. And if they are yet to understand the theme, we will ask, you know, what's coming up? How does this feel? Because we bring all of our feelings back. This is where we've left our feelings behind. So we'll ask, what are you feeling? How does that feel? And then they continue to move through it. And when they're complete, we wrap it up with what the theme is and allowing them to see that they've moved through it because this is the moment that they're moving through it. Because all of these memories are where we left ourselves behind, Mm -hmm. where we left part of ourselves. I left part of myself on the curb when I was three because I was so scared. Then I left part of myself in the hospital room. So it's for us to return because we are secure in remembering and we can speak into what we had believed. So we transform it right then. The moment that they sit up, they look completely different. We say made new. And like when I set up, I remember looking around and everything was different. Like when I drove from there, I remember thinking, should I be driving? Because I feel as though I'm a 15-year-old and like I just learned, or maybe I'm a 13-year-old behind the wheel and the cows are new. The sky is new. Everything is so new. And so we always say you walk new because that's where we left our body. So now you've returned in your eyes and you see the world differently. I mean, and I'll, I'll, let, I'll have Andrea share some of our clients and what we've witnessed as they've walked off the table because ooh, the miracles that we have seen Because life is different after that. My life was completely different after that. And I was completely made new in that moment. Yes. And so I remember after my first driving home, I felt like a baby bird with no feather. That's how tender. When we have been out of our bodies for so long, it is literally a rebirthing and coming home in us and glorious and We've had a client that showed up at our retreat. And I remember she had so much on deck. I remember saying to Carrie, oh my gosh, God knows we can do this because we're the ones for this. And when she sat up from the table, she looked at her hands and just smiled. She says, I don't think I've ever seen me before. And we got back to the house and she was in the mirror We could see her down the air and she was just looking at herself and just amazed. It was so cute. It's just, we see ourselves so brand new. And Carrie talked about the light coming in behind our eyes. And one of the things that she and I both do is we do eye readings from the perspective of divine masculine, divine feminine feeling rather than what's wrong, where you might see that in iridology. 
I took pictures of my eyes this last weekend and been about four and a half years. The changes that we experience in our bodies show up in the photographs in our eyes. And I was with a group of people a week or so ago, standing next to a woman who is so blonde and so blue eyed and our eyes are the same color in this photograph. And I've experienced my eyes as green for a very long time. And so the color of my eyes has been shifting even. And in our sclera, which is where we have our blood vessels and things are coming in, all of the stuff that used to be coming into my iris is receding. I've had the experience. I had my glasses on so I could see far away. And then all of a sudden, everything got blurry far away. I took my glasses off and I could see. I was like, okay. I'll need need to go to these retreats, everyone. I mean, I need that. I love it. And I truly believe in it because I've seen it myself with other techniques. And what I love about our connection, to be honest, Carrie and Andrea, is that we operate in the same concepts, but with different techniques. But it's very similar because even in neurolinguistic programming, you know, we understand that the subconscious mind operates, it stores memories in pictures, right? So I'm not surprised that everything comes in terms of pictures. And even there is a process that I follow with my clients, even before we start coaching, which is a breakthrough session. And we do timeline therapy just to find the root cause of that negative emotion, Ah. which they want to release. So literally, and Everyone in the audience, we haven't talked about this at all until now. So clearly you can see the similarity of the concepts, but we are using different techniques. So I really, based on my experience, I can validate your techniques, even if I haven't gone through it, because we operate in the same universal concepts, which is the beauty of it. Wow. That's so powerful. I would love to share your information here about your retreats and everything. It sounds powerful. That's something I'm looking forward to in the future for sure. I love that you do the timeline because in our retreats, we do a similar activity and it's what I've yet to love in me and this, all of the experiences that they've had and people take so many things off the books. They're like, well, that happened so long ago. And I didn't even remember that. And that's where the subconscious ego is hiding our glorious little things that come in because we believe it's all the big experiences. And there's so much in everything to that we can translate and move and decree ourselves brand new through. And then the support of what we do with the body electronics. And we also incorporate MFR into our retreats. And so we're MFR is glorious, which is myofascial release. And because the issue is in the tissue and the body holds the memory and MFR and the fascia goes down to the cellular level. And the beauty of MFR is there's no memory required. When you put your hands on it, it will move after a short period of time. And it's absolutely phenomenal. So we do all kinds of fun things, support our body and the memories that are stored there and allow them to let go. We do some dance and winding, all kinds of things. It's amazing. Our women are awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you so much for sharing. 
I want you both to talk to us about words, language. I know that's a huge emphasis in your practice. And even in your podcast, your word is your wand, right? What you both are saying is your word creates your reality. So tell us more about it when it comes to anxiety too. So first of all, words and thoughts are the same. And words and thoughts carry energy and vibration. So if we speak, we have this vibration that comes up through our voice where the sounds actually begin to come out. And so everything, it's energy. There is all energy is either was born on the day of the Big Bang and it never dies and nor does it renew. It only transforms. And so every time we have a thought, a feeling, or we say anything, there's a new brain peptide that is created. And that peptide, why is that important? Because peptides make up DNA strands. And then we have feelings which have hormonal releases. There's life deprecating and life sustaining um, hormones. And so how we feel, what we say, the energy of that is coming into us at all times. So if we're speaking in, I can't have, I don't want, I don't, I need to have. This is the energy that we're attracting. Our words are prayers. We people say, I'm tired, I'm sick and tired, I'm exhausted. I only want this one little thing. And the word I is universe, God, love. And the word am is action. And so when we're saying I'm tired, I'm tired, this is what we're receiving. The energy is being returned to us that we are creating. So when we begin to shift our words, I can't, and I choose to. I choose to be able to. What we're doing is we're shifting the energy in our body. We're creating new brain peptides that are happier. We're changing our hormones to life-sustaining. And so we're changing the energetics within our body by shifting one word. So if I say to you, Janet, say the money. The money. Say it again. The money. Now say my money. My money. Say it again. My money. Do you feel the difference? Yes. And so what we're doing is we're taking ownership and putting ourselves in and saying what we do choose rather than what we don't want. And so new peptides, new hormones, changes the energy. So then we begin to, when we're saying what we choose, we're creating this whole new dynamic that creates an opportunity for abundance and other things to come to us in a brand new way. And so the five simple ones, I can, I am, I can, I have, I will, I choose, I love, and I enjoy. And it's those simple little shifts from the to my that completely changes the energy of what we speak into. That's amazing. Like even like saying the money, my money, it feels like I am that already, right? Like it's present tense, it's active. Like I can feel the energy. It's now, it's now, it's happening already. And I love the example of I am because when we say I am a procrastinator, I am tired, that becomes our identity. So when it becomes your identity, it's hard to change any behavior. And what I always tell my clients is, 
you are not your behaviors. Your behavior can be changed. You are inherently good, abundant, and all the good things. What we want to focus is in the behavior. And I love this concept also of I am, because I am, it's like you said, energy cannot be created nor destroyed, it's transformed. And I am is pure creation energy, right? And I remember I was getting certified in pranic healing, which is energy healing with your hands. And I heard something from this teacher, Stephen Cole. He teaches with Tony Robbins in his trainings. And he was saying that I am is just the universal sound of nature when it's in pure silence. So when nothing in nature, when there is not any noise, like naturally, you hear really um. You know, um, even in like Buddhism or other practices is the same of I am and um and I am is the same of amen. So all of these words that we have adapted to ourselves, they are all tapping into that creation energy of the universal intelligence within us and outside of us. So I just love that you said that, Andrea. And so Robert Tennyson Stevens, who wrote the book on conscious language, developed from the Hopi Indians. He's the one that wrote the book that has all the different language because what he discovered was in the Hopi Indian tribe, they had no stress. So he said, let's investigate and learn more about their language because there is something in their language that is allowing them to stay in the present moment and have no stress. And so as he examined the language, that's when he wrote this book and he wrote in it all the different words that they don't have. Like, they don't have don't. Can't later, they don't even have later, want, need. And so he had a list of all of these different words. They were yet to be in their vocabulary. They had a no for those, removed them from their vocabulary. And that's what we're here to do is to transform the words so we no longer require removing anything. We just transform the word into the power that actually gives it action. Because like the word the is a separator. It separates us from whatever's next. And so I used to be a yoga instructor and I remember put the foot and the, and step into the foot, move your, move the foot. And I, I would hear instructors say this over and over again. And I said, why is it that people keep coming back to class and they feel like they have to have the instructor to do it? Well, they have no ownership. You haven't asked them to move their foot, step into your foot, step into your other foot, feel your feet. And then I give them a decree. I feel my support. And that's where we are just shifting the does to the my's so that everyone owns their own experience. Because when you own your experience, you empower yourself and you're aware that you are the masterful creator of your experience and you can transform it just by simply owning everything with my, my, Yes, I love that. And even I'm thinking when we write emails, you know, I remember in corporate, everyone mainly, well, men generally are really good about saying, I did this, I did that. But women usually say like we, and there is this shame element of saying, I did this, even if you did it. I understand if there is a team behind the effort, 
totally, I mean, I totally support we, but if it was you, which is the truth, like so many people feel shame in saying, hey, I followed up with this or I did this. Mainly, again, I think in women, due to these people-pleasing elements that at the end of the day causes stress and anxiety because you're giving your power away. That's why I really love what both of you do because you're giving the power back to the individual, which is a foundation too, right? And when Carrie was speaking about the foot, the foot, the foot, and I'm remembering how many people say, love you, love you, and have yet to put themselves in the equation. I love you. And so we're bringing those things back up on deck. And I remember what I was going to share is that, so Robert Tennyson Stevens in this development, you may use mantras and affirmations. We use what we call decrees, which are based in a lot of scripture. And the reason is because scripture actually there's a lot of similarity between scripture and quantum physics. It's the duality of we can have and be at the same time. And so the, bi- the scripture says, I am that which I say I am. And it also says the power of life and death is in the tongue. We have the power to change and create our lives, our days, our world when we will speak from the heart, choose what we actually desire. We shift all of these things. And this is how we begin to create the reality, the life that we love. That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much, Andrea. Okay. I'm so inspired by both of you. As we conclude, um, thank you so much for being here and for bringing all your wisdom and experience and just the change that you have gone through yourself and your clients too. That's such a beautiful part of this journey. And I'm so happy we get to connect because I feel we have a similar purpose and that's why we are here. As we conclude, I always like to conclude with my podcast guest with a rapid fire question. Okay. So I'm going to be asking you quick questions and I want you to answer just the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Awesome. And then we can start with Andrea responding and then Carrie. Is that okay? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. What's your favorite book? Jay Shetty, Think Like a Monk. Carrie, you can heal your life. (laughs) by Louise A. Beautiful. Who is your biggest role model? My mother. My mother has taught me, now that I'm aware, I see how my mother's courageous, what my mother's courageous love has taught me. My mother. Well, my mother taught me massive, tender love. And it's very powerful. And when you do what I do, that's when you realize, when you work with other people, you begin to realize how powerful, in fact, the love, my mother's love was and what that gave me. So beautiful. Same here, my mother. <laughs> What's the most important piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Remember your purity. 
slow down. Mm. You are enough. Oh, that's powerful. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I'm just so inspired, just energized, ready to tackle this beautiful day. Where can our audience find you? Carrie has most of this. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yes. So we have our website embodycoaches.com. And on our website, on our, our page, embodycoaches.com, you will find our podcast that's listed there. We have an upcoming book coming out that will be there as well. And you can find that. And then at the top, it says, start here. And you click there and it's going to take you to where you're going to be able to find all of our retreats and our monthly classes. We do monthly classes where we have a different topic because we believe everything happens in consciousness. And so we find fun ways to play and discover your pattern. And we have a different theme each month. So we've done where we've cleaned out your closet, found the patterns in your closet so that we have these sheets so that we can find our patterns in playful ways of things that are happening around us that we may have just kind of plucked off in the past. In January, we have our money class. It is our biggest class because everyone's desiring to understand why they have the money situations that they have and it's based off of patterns in your subconscious that you're yet to know. So it's a beautiful way. So if you jump onto our website at bodycoaches.com, you'll find Recoding Your Money for January, and you'll find our retreat at the end of January that is in Canyon Lake, Texas. This is in the hill country at my lake home where we placed ourselves, where we are right on the lake and by a creek where we do walks and we have beautiful food as Andrea used to be a chef. And so we have blessed ourselves with amazing vegan food for the week and a great place to play and stay out in the country and be in the midst of all the body electronics and all the movements. It greatly supports us to be together in community. And so this is where you can find all of our information. It's the best resource in bodycoaches.com. I'm just going to say our retreats are very small and intimate, and we've only got three spaces left for our January because we do six. Amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Amazing food, amazing energy, amazing transformation. I cannot wait to hear about it. Thank you, Andrea and Carrie. I really appreciate you being here. And to our listeners, please share this episode if you found it inspiring, helpful, or if it can help anyone you know, please share it. We are so thankful you were here with us today. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening at With Clarity and Purpose. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Sharing is caring. Please share with your friends and family so we can continue building an empowered community together. I'll see you next week.